Turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 16. 1 Samuel chapter 16. Jacob had left his family. His brother wanted to kill him. And he was making a trek across to meet some relatives that he had never met before to live with them. And he was lonely. And he had no one. But he's out there in the middle of the wilderness, lays his head down to sleep, and God shows him a ladder reaching up to heaven in a dream. And angels coming up and down on that ladder to show him that God was with him. And Jacob said, Lord, if you are with me, I'll come back to this place, and I'll build an altar, and I'll worship you, and I'll give you a tenth of all that I have. Um, Jacob was touched because God showed his heart of love for him. I'm, I'm convinced that there are times in our lives where we need that touch of encouragement from God. There are times where we just need to know what his heart is toward us, and it gives us courage to keep going on. And um, the, the scripture we're going to look at this morning, David uh, is the least in his family. Uh, the word that's used to describe him is one who is insignificant, one who's the youngest, one who may be unimportant as far as the family view was. But David was important to God. And God saw him where he was, and God had a plan for his life. And God has a plan for your life and a plan for my life. The Bible says that our days are written in his book and our hairs are numbered. So we need to follow God in faith because of his great heart of love for us. The title of my message is Understanding God's Heart for Us. And look with me at verse 1 of 1 Samuel 16. The Lord said to Samuel, How long are you going to mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem because I have selected him uh, I've selected a king from his sons. Samuel asked, how can I go? Saul will hear about it and kill me. The Lord answered, take a young cow with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Then invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will let you know what you are to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate to you. Samuel did what the Lord directed and went to Bethlehem. When the elders of the town met him, they trembled and they asked, do you come in peace? In peace, he replied, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and said, Certainly the Lord's anointed one is here before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or statue, or stature, because I have rejected him. Man does not see what the Lord sees. For man sees what is visible, but the Lord sees the heart. Jesse called Abinadab and presented him to Samuel. The Lord hasn't chosen this one either, Samuel said. Then Jesse presented Shammah, but Samuel said the Lord hasn't chosen this one either. After Jesse presented seven of his sons to him, Samuel told Jesse, The Lord hasn't chosen any of these. Samuel asked him, Are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, he answered, but right now he's attending the sheep. Samuel told Jesse, send for him. We won't sit down to eat until he gets here. So Jesse sent for him. 
He had beautiful eyes and a healthy, handsome appearance. Then the Lord said, Anoint him, for he is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil, anointed him in the presence of his brothers, and the Spirit of the Lord took control of David from that day forward. Then Samuel set out and went to Ramah. Understanding God's heart for us. What do we see here that reveals to us God's heart? First of all, I want you to see that we see his seeing. His seeing. Verse 1. God tells Samuel, fill your horn with oil and go. I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem because I have selected. My, my translation says selected, but literally in the original it's I have seen a king from his sons. I have seen. David's out here taking care of the sheep. Matter of fact, Jesse doesn't think enough of David to think he could possibly be the candidate that Samuel had in mind. Nobody thinks of David, but God saw David where he was. I want you to know, God saw every day that he was faithful to tend those sheep. God saw that he was faithful to defend those sheep against a lion and against a bear. Um, God saw his worship with music. God saw his heart for God. Uh, man looks on the outer appearance. God looks on the heart. Samuel saw alive. He said, this has got to be the guy. He's tall. He's good looking. He's got to be God's man. God said, no, I've not chosen him. I've chosen David. Um, Samuel, you know, have you ever had those times where God led you to do something and then it didn't seem to work out the way you thought? Samuel say he's gone through all of Jesse's sons. He says, God's not chosen any of these. Said, well, Lord, I thought you chose me to get one of Jesse's sons. God says, there is a son. <laughs> and so he asks him, hey, send your other son. So they go to get Jesse, and God tells him, anoint him. This is the one. God saw him. I want you to see God sees you in the midst of your trouble. Uh, the Bible tells us that Hagar, when she was sent away from Abraham, she and Ishmael, her son, had gone through the water, gone through the provisions, and uh, she was weeping, and she'd set the child a distance away, and he was weeping. They didn't know what they were going to do. But the Bible says that God saw them, and he sent a messenger and opened their eyes to see a place where they could get water, and God took care of their needs, and she calls it the well of the living one who sees me. God saw her at her time of crisis. I want you to know God sees you, and he cares. He will supply what you need, uh, and he sees the faithfulness. Somebody said, be faithful a little, I'll make you faithful in much. And uh, David was faithful in the little. He was faithful to God where he was and doing what God had given him to do at that particular time in his life. And God promoted him and made him faithful in much. Um, so that shows God's heart for us. Um, have you ever, when you were dating your spouse, maybe made, made googly eyes at your spouse? You were just watching your spouse and... You know, somebody said, that's creepy. Uh, I don't know. but uh, Or maybe you've watched your kids as they've slept, and you just watch them and, and you, you, because you love them, and you're watching them. God sees you 
but he sees you even in a deeper way, and he delights in you. One psalm says that the Lord delights over us with singing. I remember I read that verse, and I thought, God delights over me with singing. Yeah, I've delighted over him in singing. But I didn't know that God delighted over me in singing. That's his heart for us. He sees us. He delights in us. That's his heart for you. Know that God cares for you. Whatever situation you may be going through. And put your trust in him and follow him. Because he cares for you. So, understanding God's heart, what do we see first? We see his seeing. Secondly, we see his purpose. Verse 1, he says, I have selected a king from his sons. God's purpose for David was a king. God has a purpose for your life. I think we, uh, we all have individual purposes. I think we have a vocational purpose. Did you know that work can be of God? That God can use you to be a blessing to other people, to be a blessing to your workplace through the work that you do. Also, to be a blessing to other people in that workplace as you interact with them and as you're a witness and as you share what God's doing in your life. I believe that God puts people in specific places of employment for a reason. And that we have a purpose to fulfill where we are. I believe that uh, we have a purpose in our families. God has called us and put us in the specific family that we're in for a reason. Uh, somebody says, well, I wish God put me in another one. You know? But uh, listen, I want you to know God has a purpose for you. And there are things maybe that they've taught you, maybe things that you're going to teach them. There are prayers that need to be offered. There's a witness that needs to be shared. There's a ministry that needs to be performed. But God has put you in the family that you're in for a reason. He has a purpose for you and your family. I believe God's also given every child of God an eternal purpose. And uh, we have the purpose of sharing Christ with people. Who are lost. Uh, we have the purpose of declaring God and his goodness to people out in this world. We also have the purpose of ministering to God's people. It's a purpose that God's given each one of us. You have gifts from God. They may be speaking gifts, maybe encouraging or, or uh, showing mercy to someone or uh, maybe organizing and maybe serving. Whatever it is, you have a purpose from God and as you exercise your spiritual giftedness, in this church and with God's people in general, God will fulfill his purpose through your life. And those things will last into eternity because the Bible says we'll receive rewards as we spoke about a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you'll receive a reward, but also you'll make an eternal difference. What difference does it make that you serve God? It makes an eternal difference. You have an eternal purpose. Um, God had a purpose for David. I remember uh, when my wife and I were newly married, she had a Pontiac Grand Am. And it started stalling. I mean, you'd be driving down the road at 55 miles an hour and just cut out. You'd drift over the shoulder. And it was an adventurous uh, uh, few months that we exper experienced with that car. And finally, we, we figured it out. And we figured what needs to be done, 
And it was this little sensor about one inch long that was the problem. And the whole car wouldn't run because of this one little sensor. Isn't it funny? The importance of little things. Little things are important. And as you do your work for God, you may look at that and you may say, well, this what I do is not important. Oh, yes, it is. Your service to God is important. And this church will not be what it needs to be without you. God has a purpose for you. Uh, follow him in fulfilling that purpose at work, at home, in your leisure, wherever you may be. And let God use you, and he will use you and fulfill his purpose through your life. Um, sometimes we think in terms of, uh, of a purpose as a big thing. David, Well, David's a king, and I, I may never be a king. Uh, but the Bible says that David had some godly ancestors. You remember Ruth and Boaz? Ruth, who'd lost her husband, had come, and the, the, she and Naomi were impoverished, and um, they were struggling in their lives and, you know, trying to make ends meet. And she was going and gleaning out in the fields as, as the Israelite law allowed them to do. But, but they didn't have hardly anything. And God brought her and Boaz together in a relationship and provided a godly family. You listen, some of you have kids. Can I tell you, that's one of the most important purposes you ever have is what you invest in those kids. Giving them a godly home. And you don't know, maybe that next generation, it wasn't the next generation for them. The next generation um, came and, and Jesse wasn't the one, but Jesse's son David was. You may be planting the seeds that God is going to use generations down the line. I want to tell you something. I believe that some godly relatives I've had, my great-grandmother, how's that for some distance? would pray every day, and my mother would hear her praying for her. And guess what? I heard my mom praying for me. It's still bearing fruit in my life, and I think in my kids as well. I, I want you to know it's powerful. Fulfill the purpose that you have from God. It's an exciting thing to think about. Understand God's heart for you. First of all, we see his seeing. We see his purpose. Thirdly, we see his exalting is exalting. All these others have come, and the one nobody thought about, David, now comes. In the last part of verse 12, the Lord says, Anoint him, for he is the one. The Bible says, Humble yourself in the sight of God, and he will exalt you. He will lift you up. Sometimes, as we serve God, it may not be glamorous, but God says, humble yourself before me. Serve me. Do what I've called you to do, and when the time comes, I'll exalt you. I'll reward you. For some, it comes in this life. Uh, and I do believe there's an exalting, there's a blessing that comes to the lives of God's people as we serve him. But sometimes that blessing and exaltation is yet to come. Christians in other parts of the world that give their lives for Jesus. Who are suffering in prison for Jesus. But can I tell you, they're, they're going to be exalted. Humble yourself in the sight of God and he will lift you up. 
One of the Psalms says, you will see your enemies uh, come before you and uh, kneel before you because I have honored you. And uh, I believe that there's a sense in which one day when we are glorified and we're with Christ and we come with Jesus on the clouds of glory when he comes at the second coming um, to set up his rule, uh, those who are on the earth who have opposed Christianity will see us exalted. The Bible says the righteous will shine like the stars forever and ever. I want you to know something. You're a child of the king. You may have an unglamorous role in this world, but I'm going to tell you something. One day, you're going to be recognized for who you are. You're going to be exalted. Jesus was despised and rejected, wasn't he? Jesus was rejected by the religious leadership. He was rejected by many of the people of Israel. Ultimately, he was led to a cross, nailed upon a cross, cursed at, spit upon, beat, rejected, mocked. But on the third day, Jesus arose. And the Bible says because of Jesus' heart, in humbling himself to be obedient to the cross, God has exalted him highly and given him a name above every other name that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I want you to know, as you humble yourself before God, he will lift you up. His exaltation. I want you to see, David was exalted. David went from being a shepherd boy, ultimately, after some time passed, to being a king. The crown was placed on his head. Someday the crown's going to be placed on your head and on my head. Someday we're going to be given the white shining robes of glory. Someday we're going to rule with our Savior. We'll be exalted. Humble yourself. Be faithful and trust the Lord. Follow him because of his heart for you. That's his heart, to exalt you. First of all, well, how do we see his heart? We see his seeing. Secondly, we see his purpose. Thirdly, we see his exalting. And fourthly, we see his spirit. His spirit. Look at verse 13. So Samuel took the horn of oil, anointed him in the presence of his brothers, and the Spirit of the Lord took control of David from that day forward. The word that's used, my translation says, took control of, can mean rushed upon, can mean prospered, can mean come with power to set a fire. I love that. God gave his Holy Spirit to David in an anointing for the task that he had to help him in his walk here on this earth. Jesus said, you will receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You should be my witnesses into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. How do we fulfill our purpose? Through the power of the Holy Spirit of God that he's given to us. God gave his most precious gift at Calvary, but God also gave his most precious gift at Pentecost. The Spirit of God came down upon the church. And if you're a child of God today, if you put your trust in Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit of God living within you because Romans 8 
says you have to have the Spirit of God or you're none of His. Every child of God has the Holy Spirit living within them. God has given you a tremendous gift and it shows His heart for you. I believe every Christian ought to ask God for the full measure of the blessing of the Holy Spirit in their life. That God will use them and, and empower them and comfort them and help them through the power of the Holy Spirit. David said, Lord, you teach my fingers and my hands to fight. You lift me up, God. You give me your strength. You're my stronghold. You're my refuge. You're my fortress. He says, I can go and I can conquer and I can fulfill your purpose. Why? Because the Spirit of God lives in me. I want you to know something. If God is for us, who can be against us? God has given us his Holy Spirit. The primary purpose of God's Holy Spirit is mission. When you read in the book of Acts, the purpose the Spirit came for primarily was for mission. To reach people with the message of Jesus Christ. That eternal purpose. He's come to gift us for the work of God. But the Spirit came upon David, and David had something supernatural going on in his life. Something was different. Um, some of you I've talked about um, motors with. Some of you are mechanically inclined. And uh, Have you ever heard somebody talk about putting a blower on their engine or putting a turbocharger on their engine? Why? Because it gives it more power, right? And when you put that foot on the gas, it goes. God has given us the Holy Spirit to give us more power. So that in the everyday circumstances of life, Saul was going to get jealous of David. He was going to chase him from place to place. But guess what? He could never catch him. David went here and went there, you know, hiding out in a cave here. Uh, going to the wilderness, going to the Philistines, all these different things. But God was with him every step of the way. Why? The Spirit of God had come down upon him, and something was supernatural, even in the fleeing that he was doing. Saul could never quite catch him. Why? Because God had his hand on him. Then later on, God blesses him in his, in his rule, and, and he's not perfect, but God uses him in a profound way and time after time after time answered prayer comes guidance from God comes and all of these things this is God's heart for us that's why he sent the spirit of God to live within us to be a blessing to us to be a protector for us to be an encourager and a comforter one called alongside us to fulfill God's purpose it's a great gift he the Holy Spirit is a great gift of God for his purpose. And so we see God's heart. Um, for God so loved the world that he gave his son. But God also loved the, so loved the world that he gave his spirit to help us. And the Bible says, Jesus said, I will not leave you alone. I am coming to you. So in the presence of the Holy Spirit, we also have the presence of Christ. God is with us. Moses, hiding out on the backside of the desert, 
Here's God's message. Go, I've seen my people in Egypt. I want you to go deliver them. Moses said, who am I, Lord? I can't speak right. How could I go? God says, I will be with you. God tells Gideon. Gideon says, I'm the least in my father's family. I'm the least in my tribe. Lord, I'm hiding out in the wine press. God, how could you use me? God says, I will be with you. God calls Jeremiah to his service and says, I'm going to use you to speak to kings and to nations, and you're going to share my message. And Jeremiah said, how can I? I'm just a youth. How can I speak? God, I don't know how to speak. God said, I will be with you. I'll give you the words to speak. Jesus, when he, right before he ascended to glory, shared these words. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And behold, lo, watch this. I am with you always, even until the end of the age. I want to tell you something. That shows God's heart for you. He promised he'll never leave. He'll be there. The gift of his spirit. Follow him. Trust him. And rely upon him because he has a heart for you. Understanding God's heart for us. um, How do we we see that here? First of all, we see his seeing. He sees us. Secondly, his purpose. Thirdly, his exalting. And fourthly, his spirit. I want you to know David had a bright future because God was with him. You and I have a bright future. If you've trusted in Christ, you have a bright future. The Bible says that eternal life comes when we begin a relationship with Jesus Christ, but it lasts forever, and it only gets better from here. You've got a bright future. God is with you. God is for you. That's God's heart for you. Trust him. Follow him. Obey him in your life, and see what God will do as you trust him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the encouragement of knowing your heart. Thank you for your great love, Lord, your great mercy toward us. That you see us where we are, that you uh, choose us for your purpose, God, that uh, you care about us and and send us your spirit. And uh, Lord, all the things that you do, you're so faithful to us. Lord, help us follow you in obedience, in trust, so that you can fulfill everything that you desire for our life. Give you the glory. And Lord, I pray if there's somebody here that doesn't yet have a relationship.